Welcome back to another episode after a very long delay. <laughs> Extended to, holiday. Yeah, to Pro-Am Disc Golf. Uh, I am your amateur. And no, I'm your I'm, professional. Yeah, I'm Gavin. How does that go? <laughs> I'm Gavin Goodwin. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Crystal Lesbo. I'm your amateur. And I'm your professional. Is that how it goes? Yeah. I probably should have listened to an episode That's before. Right. I got you. Um, and I thought you were the professional podcaster. I don't think either of us are professionals. <laughs> I certainly have never gotten paid to podcast. That's okay. It's fun. Uh, oh, no, it is fun. But I've, I'm, I'm a professional in a lot of things. Never podcasting, I don't think. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So, Chris, uh, I haven't seen you in like three months since October. Yeah. I mean, we've texted, I think maybe even talked on the phone since then. But yeah, I think, yeah. I think last I heard you were leaving the country. Yes. Yes. I, uh, my family went to Europe for a month um, for my wife's work. It just worked long trip. and short of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was great. I did bring three discs with me and was never close enough to a course to make it work. And the weather was not good. It was cold. But, you know, I brought him. Didn't didn't touch him, but I brought him. But the, the idea was there. The, yeah. The well, what if? It's yeah. good to have him. And I think since then, I've done about 20 minutes of field work. It's been a busy, busy time. Uh, so November, we were in Europe. Okay. And then got back and <laughs> right into December. So right into Christmas season with three kids and uh, all of a believing age. Except for my, actually my oldest just, just grew out of that. But, uh, and then like all my teaching skiing stuff starting up. So it was, December was pretty busy and now it's mid January and we're back. So season's over season's over. Well, yeah. Skiing's not over. Holiday season. Holiday season is over. Ski season is very much upon us. Yeah. 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 A couple more months of that. Um, but you know. That's life. What have you been doing? Nice. Uh, volleyball ended about when you left. Oh, so perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it got cold. And then I had a friend come into town, actually twice, once in November, once in December. And every time he comes, we go play disc golf. So I actually did get to play some in the cold and the surprisingly nice December. We were out on like December 15th and it was like 55 and sunny. Yeah, December's nice. So that was really cool. Uh, I don't normally get to play winter pleasant golf here yeah so that was nice got to throw some new stuff uh yeah a little rusty didn't play too much this year and it shows yeah but it was so nice to get back out and just play and have fun and now that january's here i'm back to the other volleyball so disc golf is back to like a, a for me time hobby thing that's good yeah and then come summer it'll be more of like the the job thing yeah yeah um yeah i don't even know we're, we're getting towards the end of my wife's program, so everything's kind of, there's no normal yeah. <laughs> right now. Every day is a new day. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, well, yeah. cool. Uh, we're back. Apparently, we have a bunch of emails, too. Yeah, we have a few. Um, <laughs> this is from, thank you, anybody who's still listening to this, by the way, if you're still <laughs> subscribed. We really appreciate that. Uh, but we're going to catch up on emails because... Uh, I like to do that, and I don't like to leave you guys hanging. Um, this is from Nikolai Asan. Asan? I'm not going to try my last name, so I'll get it wrong. I'm going to say Asan. Asane. From Nikolai. <laughs> Hello. 
Just a couple of comments and a question around the last episode, uh, episode 60, which we found out uh, he wrote this in October 7, October, mid-October of 2019. Mm-hmm. So three months ago. Um, so I don't know really what we talked about. But Here are your prompt answers. Yeah, let's see if Nikolai refreshes my memory. Chris mentions that Simon Lizette, is it Lizette? Lizotte. Lizotte. Lives off some kind of trust fund. That indicates his disc golf income is almost arbitrary. Is this common knowledge? And if so, where did Chris hear this? Let's I get that one first. I cannot confirm he has a trust fund, but if you follow his social media stuff, his vlogs, his Instagram, you'll kind of see the lifestyle he leads and the choices he makes, which will show you that he has more money than a, a van living disc golf only income person. So, he, he so I don't I don't know where how much money he has. I don't know where it's from, but he makes more than just his disc golf earnings. Yeah, and sponsorship money. How old is Simon? 26 okay ish yeah 27 so he's he's living off more than just his purse yeah like he drives an audi s5 okay like a this gen or last gen okay yeah yeah i mean and i mean maybe Discmania just takes real good care of him i don't know that's possible i just i put pieces together and i assume so i'm sorry yeah so but yeah we don't know yep i definitely don't know but uh yeah that's interesting um, but could be so no common knowledge because it might not even be knowledge. Yeah, that's speculation. Wild speculation. Uh, radical subject change is Chris's last name spelled T E L L E S B O. Yes. So Chris has some Norwegian or Scandinavian at least blood in him. Yes. I, I can tell you by looking at him, he's tall enough to be Scandinavian. It's Norwegian. Uh, yeah. It would also handle explain why he's a giant. Lol. Yeah, I got those Norwegian lungs, man. Well, there you go. Built for the cold. Is that a thing? No reason. Like ones? the barrel chested. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just fat. <laughs> it's winter. It's good. <laughs> uh, and then he goes, have you ever considered having a third person join you? I asked because I'm secretly harboring thoughts of a podcast that's transatlantic. Oh, I do remember reading this back in October. Yeah. Uh, and has both the US and European perspective. I will completely unashamedly forward my name as a co-host, but I realize that more than likely I'll have to start my own thing. Although I think we have more in common than just disc golf. Uh, I'm going to say on that, Nikolai, let's reach out and try to coordinate it. The thing is You're trying like, to match up time zones yeah, and everything else. But hours. if we can figure out a way to uh, make that work, great. Like, I don't, I'm, yeah, let's reach out and we'll figure that out. So, so we haven't been ignoring you. Don't, don't take this as rejection. This is just, uh, this is our way of answering most of our emails. And it's been three <laughs> months since we've answered emails. Just yeah. Okay. Uh, he then goes on to a hypothetical. I love hypotheticals. My favorite. Uh, always throw using your dominant hand, but putt with your do- non-dominant hand, or always throw using your non-dominant hand and putt with your dominant hand. Thanks again for the podcast. Keep it up, and for talking about mental health. It's a little mentioned subject, bordering on taboo for some. But extremely important. All the best, Nikolai. Oh, I forgot we talked about that last time. Yeah. It was a good little tangent. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this hypothetical. Throw with your dominant hand. So we're both right-handed. Mm-hmm. So everything until you're, let's say, circle two. Yeah. That's fair. Um, everything except for in circle two, uh, you're using your right hand. But in circle two, you got to use your left hand or vice versa. Uh, for me, it's situational. If it's now you can't say that you got to just it, pick one of the, it's got to be, this is the way it is forever now, Chris. So you got to think what are the situations that you're in most? Well, that that's not as fun. 
Um, I think I think for com- God dang it, I, I'm still torn. Because <laughs> for competitive sake, I'd probably throw right-handed and putt left-handed, because my confidence circle would go from like 25 feet to 15 feet, and that's not the end of the world. No. But for practice sake, I would way rather throw left-handed and putt right-handed, because my left hand throwing is not as good. <laughs> And my right hand putting always needs work anyway. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Both. I didn't pick. I just explained why I'm torn. Yeah. Throw with dominant, putt with off. That would be your. Yeah. That's what I would do for me. Uh, slightly different reason is I don't throw that well with my dominant hand. I throw awful with my <laughs> non-dominant hand. So I'd rather try to lob in putts than get a, you know, have 16 throws to get me yeah. into circle two. Yeah, that's fair. So. See, I've I've spent like a month left-hand throwing. So I can throw like 300 feet. I've seen you left-hand and throw. And it's, it's functional. It's not great. It's definitely not like my right hand, but it's functional. But it's a pretty good tool to have if you can yeah. do that. Maybe I'll maybe next time I go, before. I'll play around where I throw left and putt right and throw right and putt left and see what turn wins. There you go. All right. I'll do it. I'm going to write do it, it down or I'll forget. Uh, okay. You write that down. I'll read our next email. Perfect. Let's go. This is from, I love our listeners. Um, don't we just have like a Doug Smith that listens to the show? Marquis, Marquis Bernal? Yeah. Uh, Marquis, Marcus, Marcus, Marquis, Marcus Bernal. Probably Marquis. Probably Marquis. I think so. We love you, Marquis. Keep listening or however you pronounce your name, but you know. Uh, hi guys. I recently played Fox run and Brewster Ridge up in Vermont and I decided to try and play the gold layout first and I got lit up hmm. and shot a plus 31 on Fox run, which I'm proud of making a par on 18, which is a very difficult hole. It's a lot of run on sentence after playing gold. I then went to the red layout and shot under par while my buddy playing with me shot double digit under par. And it got me thinking of a hypothetical. Okay. I'm gonna stop there real quick. Uh, it's a very long sentence. Yes. I'm, I'm asking you, Chris, uh, as the amateur on the show, mm-hmm. um, what is the gold layout? Really hard. It's the like tournament. Layout? Yeah. Tournament. Okay. It's what the pros play when they visit for the, the tournament. Of the okay. Game. Perfect. All right. It's hard. Um, that makes sense. And, uh, when I hear someone say I got lit up that what comes to my mind is that they're high or drunk or both. Oh, I think is that like not what he shot. means here? What? I, I when I read that, I picture it like he's getting shot a bunch, like he just gets blown up by this course. Oh, okay. He loses that fight. Okay, okay, okay. So he's he's so he's not doing well. All right. Yeah. Okay. Plus thirty one carries. Going to say rest like that. I I went and played the the most difficult layout, got drunk, and I didn't shoot well. What mm-hmm. do, well, you know? Explain that one to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know. I'm out of the, I'm, okay, that's helpful. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's a fun story. Uh, that's me on pretty much any hole, of course, that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here's a size hypothetical. Would you? I know there's so many size hypotheticals. This is great. Would you rather only be able to play disc golf course layouts that are clearly way too hard for your skill level, or only be able to play layouts that may not challenge you enough? Um, I, I feel like I got a pretty quick answer to this one. Go. Challenged. I'd rather be challenged. 100%. Than not. Um, now, when I played Goat Hill, it was a bit boring for me because it's like throw far, mm-hmm. throw far, throw far, throw far. 
layup, you know, whereas if you're, you know, you've got a big arm, it's throw far, lay up, throw far. far. Like, yeah. Um, So, but I would rather play a more, but I also don't like making a course hard for the sake of hard, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it has to be the right kind of difficult. Yeah. Right. So like for me, I throw far so it can be like throw far, but hit certain spots, hit certain lines or just throw me in the trees and say, good luck. Yeah. Like that's hard for me, but it would make me better. And it's kind of fun to like have to try. Um, I downside to throwing far is when you play pitch and putt park courses, I take two putters and I lose interest and then it's whatever happens, happens. And I have a good time. And I'm, and I'm just, you know, happy because i'm like oh i can actually might get par on this course yes, but at least at least in the woods like even though i suck at it i can try to execute shots and i have to pay attention yeah. i have to try to do things so uh, i would way rather even if it's kind of difficult i don't like as long as it's tactfully done too difficult I, that's where i would say so i would rather be challenged than just something that's a that's a layup there there's a something great about you know going and playing a course that you're comfortable with and you can just have a nice leisurely stroll the use was you know kind of like that for a lot of people around here rip um, but I've been in enough holes where there's a new pin position and it's there simply to make it difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah, it's not something that to me makes sense of why it's there. It's just trying to make it harder or trying to add strokes, not make it harder. Is kind of where I draw the line. Hard shots are okay. Yeah. But if you move it just out of reach or just behind some more trees or just in a place you can't see just to add the stroke. Yeah. That doesn't make like any sense. Maybe reward good luck or. Yeah, that's that's not good to me. Yeah, that's that's I'm I'm with you on that one. So I guess I would say I think we're agreeing on that one. I think so. Uh, but on. if you're gonna extrapolate this out, you're never gonna get better because as soon as you figure out that course, you've got to play more challenging courses. So you'll always be getting better. Yeah. So I mean that's but that's a thing. You'll never you'll always unless I guess unless in some alternate universe you do play the same course but it keeps getting harder so you keep getting worse. The course doesn't actually change. You just suck and get worse. Yeah. Because that would make courses harder. Ugh. We're going to say that doesn't happen and then we get better and we can still just play harder courses. Cuz that's more fun. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> Either one of those I might just quit at some point. <laughs> Maybe um. it's not for me. <laughs> Uh, also, if you guys ever get the chance to come to the Northeast, go to Smuggler's Notch, a truly incredible disc golf experience. And also, please come to Maple Hill and let me know when you do. It's literally 20 minutes from my house. Oh, nice. Uh, from your loyal listener, Marquis, sent from my iPhone. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. Where is Maple Hill? Vermont. Any idea? Oh, Vermont. I think. That makes sense. Yeah. Someday I'll get up there. Uh, a place called Maple Hill should be in Vermont. Yeah. Uh, I would love to get up to Vermont. I've never been, but I would really love to go. Um. So we don't have any live shows planned in Ver- the Vermont area at this point, but when we do, I'll let you know for sure. Eventually, I will get up there. I need to play Smugs. Yeah. What's Smugs? Oh, Smugs Smuggler's Notch. Notch. Yeah. There we go. Um, all right. We've got another one from Dominic Renault. Renius? It's. I think it's got to be Renault. It looks French. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know any French. <laughs> Uh, I just I just make that like choking sound and when I say vowels and it's not great. That's a good way to do it. Sorry, French language. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> I um started doing Duolingo with French. Oh nice. Um when I was going to France into so the spring and then I gave up on that pretty quick because I just It's hard. 
Well, honestly, it wasn't that hard. Like the app's pretty good. I recommend it if you're trying to pick up another language. Yeah. Um, but I just lost interest and had other things that I chose to do instead with my time. Um, but I do remember Le Chat is the cat. Okay. And um, Le Chavel or La Chavel is the horse, I believe. Okay. And um, I think that's about as, whoa, yeah, I'm that's out of confidence French. at that point. <laughs> okay. So I, I would walk around Paris to my wife going, Le Chat ou Chavel? <laughs> Better than nothing. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, but while we were there, we saw some friends that are, are friends from California who's had been living over there for about a year and their kids speak fluent French. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend was raised, his dad is a Francophile and raised his kids speaking French. So he, you know, he spoke French to the kids. His mom spoke English to the kids. Cool. So, um, I mean, he's from California, but grew up speaking French and, it's really fun to see his little kids. Mm-hmm. They they this is, they lived out in the countryside, um, and it was beautiful where they lived. But the kids would get picked up by the school bus. I think around eight a.m. and then the school bus, meaning like a van, yeah, um, and the van would bring them back around five p.m. Oh. from school. And this is France, so at their um, lunch break, I think they had like three meal breaks during the day, like or at least like food breaks. Mm-hmm. They'd have like cheese and crackers and meat and stuff and fruit. Um, but uh, their lunch, they would have – there's a chef in town that has a restaurant that shuts down and prepares lunch for the kids. <laughs> That's cool. Like, yeah, like it's like a five-course meal for the kids. And this is just the public school. Wow. Yeah. So the uh, food in France is awesome. That's really cool. You would not have as much fun with it. Yeah, I, f- I figured. So much good cheese and meat, but uh, yeah. That's okay. I'd snails. I probably wouldn't eat snails No, either. I don't think you would. Mm. Uh, I don't think I would pre-vegan. <laughs> not bad. I, I'll take your word. <laughs> um, okay. Uh this one subject is Dominic Renault. New listener player here. Read me, please. Oh, you, you don't know the show, Dominic. You, <laughs> you are got it. But uh, hopefully you're still listening because you wrote this in end of October. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hope this email can be read in your podcast. That would be awesome. My name is Dominic. Usually go by Dom. Family. I'll try not to be long-winded on you. I'm a new father. And, of course, with a baby follows extra monthly bills. It does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ha well, my buddy and I were talking a few weeks back about how I wanted to get out with the family and do, to do stuff that would be fun and expensive and inexpensive. He told me about how his family started disc golfing and that I should join him that weekend. I had heard of disc golfing before, but never really looked into it. Now to present, uh, now to present. It's been about three weeks, I'd say, since that weekend. And man, let me tell you what you already know. The sport is amazing and has me hooked. Since the first 18 holes played... I have acquired a used bag with discs from a friend that no longer plays. Sad for him, but a plus for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have also watched several hours of YouTube. Found that I have about six courses around me. Ooh. Nice. That's nice. Um, And a new one being built right down the road from uh, less than five minutes from my house. And, of course, found you guys. Oh. Which has been great because I'm really hooked on this sport in a short time, and I've needed my DG fix. 
While at work, I can't watch YouTube, so I said, hey, I wonder if there are any podcasts I could listen to. In comes Pro-Am Disc Golf. Found you guys on the iHeartRadio app, by the Sweet. way. Thank you so much. Uh, been great to get a good disc golf fix throughout the day and week, along with hearing all the tangents about movies slash characters I like. Haha. I have a question for you guys as a newbie. The small disc selection I have in my bag is Nuke, Nuke. SS yeah. Driver. Oof. Thunderbird. I wonder why your friend quit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a Nuke SS. For you. SS is okay. SS Isn't is, that the, like the super stable, like super no, overstable one? I think SS is super straight. It's oh, like the, the OS, least overstable. The OS is, yeah. Oh, okay. OS I would giggle at. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, the Nuke SS driver, Thunderbird driver, MVP plasma, mid-range West Side, uh, okay. Uh, mid-range MVP, Electron putter, and a Nova putter. Are those good discs for someone new to the sport? Or even what discs would you recommend for someone brand new to the game? Hopefully this wasn't too long of an email. Thanks for being so awesome. Keep up the great work. P.S. Oh, then he's got size. I thought we'll get there later. Um, thank you, Dominic. Uh, yeah, so if you're still playing, you're like, what, 15 weeks in now? <laughs> yeah. I would say, so this might be a little bit loaded for you because maybe you got some new discs for Christmas or something. Um, if you're wondering if the discs you're playing with are the right discs for you to have, especially if you're in Dominic's situation where you've got not a lot of disposable income and you're picking up the sport as something to do because it doesn't take a lot of money, which kind of is why a lot of us like it. Um, the discs in your hand are the ones that you should be playing with mm-hmm. and then try out other people's. We've talked about this, but you know, if you see somebody on the course throwing something, try it. Uh, there's the dynamic buyback program, which is great. So throw your speed, I guess would be what I'd recommend. Um, whatever's comfortable in your hand, that is the speed that's appropriate for you. So, I mean, there's players that are new to the game that are throwing way faster than I can because they just have fast arms. But, and so it's not inappropriate for them to be throwing something faster than I should have started out with. But when I decided to slow down my discs, my, my game improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so my, my take on the what you should be throwing depends on what you want out of this game. Um, if you want to be improving quickly and you want to get to like a pretty high level or the highest level you're capable of, or, you know, given the time you have, right, you've got a little one now, so maybe you don't have the time to go professional, but you want to be as good as you can, then the speed suggestion is huge. Um, until you can get a putter 250 feet, a mid range, 300 feet, you don't need faster. You just don't. So as far as discs to use it, I mean, I've seen much worse lists to start with. Uh, Nuke SS is pretty forgiving for how fast it is. Thunderbird is fine. And then mid-range and putters are always good, like you're saying, for the speed. Um, But if if you want to get better, drop everything fast until there's a difference in distance between your mids and your fairways. And then start throwing fairways. And then pick up a distance driver. And if it doesn't go farther than the fairway, you don't need it yet. but then at the same time, I had kind of got into this conversation with an old friend kind of recently. Um, if you don't have the time to dedicate to learn the form, to be like be needing the faster stuff, you can still throw it. Like I know it's, I know it's fun. I throw fast discs yeah. knowing that I'm not going to do what you do with them mm-hmm. or what they're designed for because I like what they do for me. Mm-hmm. And they feel comfortable in my hand. Exactly. And it's kind of just fun to throw them. Like the first 
the first disc I bought was 175 grand champion boss. So I was like, ooh, big numbers, go far. That's one of the earlier discs that I bought too. I think it was, yeah, it was probably about the same weight when we bought 174. It went like 100 feet. Yeah. And like 100 feet left. And I was like, this is stupid. I hate this game. Um, so don't, don't feel like you can't throw fast things. If you like them, throw them. If they work for you, you know how to make them work for you, throw them. Um, but to learn how to improve more quickly, throwing mids and putters is beneficial. Yeah. So that's like my two-part answer. No, I would agree. If if you uh, – my game would improve if I would just take my putters out to the course and do my best. Probably. I don't do that. That's and, okay. Well, but I but my game would improve, and I would be I would have more fun in subsequent rounds, because I would I would have more control over my discs. I would have better release. I would I would be a better player. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about on the show. Like I'm not a competitive player. I don't have intentions of being a competitive player. You know, my goal in a tournament is to not place last. So you know that that's where I'm shooting at <laughs> at this point. Uh, Given the time you have, that's fine. Yeah. And so, but I, my game would improve if I threw things that were not as, uh, forgiving, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And I don't mean like the, the nuke OS, you know, the, the, cause I can still get one of those as far as I can get a, like a Pharaoh or something that is more in my wheelhouse, but it's hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not going to be as consistent. Yeah. So, and so but if I can get a putter out there, then I know I'm throwing it well. Yep. Yep. So you're, you're a couple months in now, if you're still playing and still hooked, I'm stoked for you. Um, I would try mids. If you feel like you have, you know, a consistent, maybe S shape on some of those, or you can throw a mid 300 feet or 250 feet and you know exactly where it's going to go. Like you have that touch already step up. Um, we all kind of pick it up at a different pace. Yeah. So given the time you have and what you want out of it, just yeah. do what feels right. And to answer questions that you didn't ask, although if you've listened to back episodes, mm-hmm. you may have heard these, a jogging stroller is a great way to take your little guy out on the course with you. Um, I say the jogging stroller cause they just roll over grass a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and better than like a Bjorn or the backpack. Cause you're not going to feel like you can, it's not safe for the baby if you're actually using good form to have a, a, a big, you know, a baby Bjorn or something like that. So, um, and it's a great way to take the kid and keep, do something that you want to do and also have a good time with your kid. Uh, just make sure that you're careful of other people seeing the fact that you have a baby on the course and not throwing into you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, don't be afraid. Like, buy cheap discs. Um, buy. Yeah, you know, not everything needs to be the premier plastics for you, especially now. There's uh, everybody's released. Not everybody, but um, Innova and a couple other companies have released like tiered lines. Yeah, the easy to throw the beginner line. The yeah, stuff. try that stuff out. Um, also, go to the used bin if there's like a plate again or something yep. near you that has used discs. Dig through it and see if there's something that you like. Uh, if you like a used disc, buying a new one, it's going to fly differently because mm-hmm. the used ones, depending on how broken in it is, but you know, you can pick up discs for a couple bucks. So yeah, used, used is a good way to go. You can try friends. Like yeah. Yeah. Watch um, stuff, throw stuff, get what you like. Yeah. And most people are pretty cool about letting you try stuff that they've got. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, mean, I only carry one disc that I don't let people throw. Yeah, and I've. I mean, I've let people, just not when I'm worried about what's out there. Oh yeah, I think there's some discs that I, I wouldn't let someone throw that I'm not that doesn't know what they're doing. They're, I have like, discs that I'm like, here, throw this if yeah. this is your first time throwing a disc. But I have some that I don't want to end up in the parking lot. Um, and I have some that I'm okay with that. Yeah. But you know, if I'm playing with Chris or with other people, like throw whatever's in my bag, but there's also some discs with Chris that I won't throw. Cause I don't want to go have to hike through the Ivy to find it. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. PS hypothetical doubles stitch or Sully for monsters Inc. Oh, that's easy. Go. Sully's the John Goodman character, the big right? Blue the big one. guy. Yeah. Big stitch. I love Stitch. Really? I like Sully a lot. St- I, nothing wrong. Nothing against Sully. I love John Goodman, but Stitch is one of my favorite Disney characters. Oh, okay. I, that cracks me. It cracks me up so much. He's fun. I like Sully. Yeah. He's like me. He's kind of like big and scary, but he's just nice and misunderstood. So I feel yeah. like we'd get along pretty well. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Cool. Uh, PSS, if you're still looking for someone to run your Twitter, oh, I'd be happy to give it a go for you guys. You, you can have you an got official the job. Twitter email. Like, uh, yeah, follow up on that with us, Dominic, and it's yours. We have a Twitter. That's fantastic. Uh, and I'm not I'm not kidding. Follow up with that. Okay, last email. Uh, I love how he put his name. <laughs> he gave a pronunciation guide for his name. But now is it like B-U or like B-U-H? Uh, Eric Busil. Uh, Busil. I thought he said Busil last time, like the animal. Yes, you know. Am I not remembering right? I don't, I don't know. But thank you for trying, Eric. I appreciate the pronunciation. Basil. Pronounce Basil. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, that looks like Basil to me. Hello, guys. So I have two questions. Hi. Uh, my question are just to spark up discussion because I like to hear both of you discuss things that may help others. Perfect. Uh, well, yeah, thank you. That's flattering. Uh, Q1. I've thrown a full Prodigy bag for about two years now. When I transitioned from mix to one manufacturer, it was tough. I didn't finalize my bag for probably three months after the switch, mainly for the reason of finding replacements for my Firebird or my Warship. For those players looking at switching to one manufacturer, what are some tips you may have for them? I, I've got thoughts. Uh, go ahead. I I believe Eric is sponsored or has some kind of deal with them. He's on the battalion team. Yeah, I think he yeah. started that whole battalion team yeah, and which probably is cool. sponsors that. So my advice for people that are switching to one manufacturer bags Unless you have some sort of contractual obligation to throw one manufacturer bag, don't do it. Just don't. Like, my bag goes in trends. There was a trend where it was mostly Innova um, because that when I started out, that's the place that I worked sold Innova discs. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it was exclusively. No, I think I had one disc craft. Um, anyway, uh, but it was mostly Innova. And then it switched mostly to Trilogy discs because... I just liked them, and that's the people that I was playing with. They threw a lot of those, and and now I throw Infinite, I throw Trilogy, I throw, um, I still have Innova, I still have, I don't know if I have any Discraft, but I throw a variety of things, and um, there's nothing against having a manufacturer that you like and putting their stickers on all of your stuff, but uh, if you want to throw a Destroyer, there's 16 other destroyer clones out there, but maybe you like the destroyer better. And if you, you know, if everything else you've got is is uh, West Side, don't give up a disc that you like just to throw West Side. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to put it in turn, like to to kind of simplify it or not simplify it, analogize it a little bit. 
if that's a word. It is now. <laughs> um, uh, how much do you like the guy who is head to toe Nike or head to toe Tommy Hilfiger or Reebok that has no sponsorship deal is just the dude in the neighborhood that is head to toe in a certain brand. Um, if that's you and that's like, if you look at that guy and you think like that is me, that's who I want to be. That's my guy. Do it. Build a, you know, t- take your end of a bag and fill it with end of a discs and have a good day. Personally, I don't see a point in being uh, a billboard for companies that aren't supporting me. Um, if I like them, I'm happy to, to support their logos. Um, I've got a dynamic sticker on my water bottle. There's also an REI logo on there because I happen to buy it there. Um, but yeah, th- just do what works for you. Also, if you listen to like the manufacturers, they'll kind of tell you the same thing. Like, hey, throw what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's us, but throw what's best for you. Anyway, that's where I'm on it. Um, I think I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, if you genuinely like a product or a company and you want to support them even without support and you want to throw that one brand because of that, that's fine. I've, I did it before I was a sponsored player. Um, I like dynamic. I throw a lot of dynamic. I I will try out their discs, but I'm, I'm not going to get rid of, I like my Pharaohs more than I do any of their drivers. Yeah. And that's, that's fine. And I think for most people, that's a good realization to make. Um, but that aside, if you're trying to get the attention of a company and you genuinely like the product and you like promoting it and you're whatever, that's another benefit you could Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So beyond that, just to the transition to one manufacturer. Um, so in your question, there's the, uh, what advice do you have for transitioning a mixed bag to one bag? And then I have a second part about, you know, my bag's not finalized for a few months. So I don't think hardly anybody's bag is finalized it shouldn't be for like a very long period of time so you watch people's in the bags every touring player they'll have to do one or two or three a year because it's changing yeah right so i think a big thing with transitioning from mixed bag to one brand is you're not going to have the same 18 discs you're not going to have three destroyers three firebirds three thunderbirds well and even like the old timers like Clemo or or not even old timers but uh philo other people like Mm -hmm. that um and I say him because his his bag looks like a amateur bag, you know, and he just has ink all over his discs. Um, you know, he'll flip them out and be like, "Yeah, I've got eighteen of these at home. And these are in mm-hmm. all a different wear." And like, so it's not that these are the discs that he carries every single day. It's mm-hmm. these are the discs, and they're all. I have a stack of them at home in different stages of wear. Mm-hmm. Well, and and, and the discs they carry will probably change on where they're playing. Oh yeah, uh, course layout, elevation, water danger, all sorts of things, wind will come up and change Absolutely. what's actually in the bag. So I think it's kind of a trap to say, well, this is the mixed bag I like. I need to clone this in one brand. Yeah. Make it happen. Like, aside from being Paul McBeth or Paige Pierce, signing with a big company and saying, I want to make my own disc because I need this. We well, can't, you, we, the rest of us yeah. can't do that. No. So I think the advice I would give for transitioning is... um try the discs of the brand you're transitioning to and maybe shape your game around what they can do for you instead of saying, well, I need my Sexton Firebird. Yeah. Prodigy, make make me a Sexton Firebird. 
Like yeah. they don't, they don't have one. The H one V two is probably pretty close. The H one is probably a little too much, right? Like there's a lot of close options and you can make them work. But when you're transitioning, you have to realize that those are your tools now and you don't quite have the same thing, but you can make it work for you. Yeah. Well, and even like trilogy sponsored players you, uh, so you're a dynamic sponsored player. Mm-hmm. How many bit discs in your bag are Westside or um, Latitude 64? Let me count. You carry what, about 15, 20 discs usually? Uh, like 12. 12. I, I can just go through them. I put with Keystone. That's Latitude. Uh, I throw Slammer. That's Dynamic. I throw the new SPZ1, the Speezy, or the Zombie. That's Latitude. Uh, I throw the slammer. I count it slammer. Uh, Emac truth, justice, getaway, musket is latitude. Uh, sometimes a criminal or felon. That's dynamic. Um, Raider dynamic, ballista pro, latitude. Uh, and then sometimes a queen. That's west side. Sometimes a havoc. That's latitude. And enforcers. That's dynamic. It's an even mix so it's, almost. It's, yeah, it's like five and five. Yeah. A lot of the discs, too, that you mentioned have come out in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, if you, to have a fixed bag, there's new product coming out all the time. Mm-hmm. So. And that's kind of like, that's actually a really good way to look at this, is when a new disc comes out, if you're a brand loyal, you're going to get one, and you're going to try it. And a lot of the time, you'll like it. Sometimes it's just that it's new and exciting. It gets me all the time. And you'll find a way to work it in your bag. You'll find a way to use it and trust it and be confident in it. And then maybe that kicks out something else you threw. So when you're transitioning company to company, it's kind of the same thing, right? You get all this new stuff and you're like, how can I fill my arsenal with these tools, right? How can I get everything I need to do done with these instead of these? And you can make it happen. Yeah. So I would, I know it's, I know it's hard. Like when I switched, I did the same thing. I was like, I need this disc. Where's this? And then I when I don't know, you just eventually learn. You're like, yeah. oh, well, this works. I like this. And if you don't have a contractual obligation to stop throwing a certain brand, like Chris, like I believe Eric does, uh, then don't worry about it. <laughs> just have that disc. That's that's my thought. If yeah. you really, really, really want to be brand loyal, um, okay. But if it's not going to help your game, um. Yeah. So you you were throwing Prodigy, mm-hmm. and you wanted to get get picked up by Prodigy. You've told the story before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prodigy didn't Prodigy didn't pick you up. Correct. Dynamic did. Correct. And it's not because you were throwing a bag full of dynamic discs. Correct. Well, yeah. It's yeah. because they, for whatever reason, they liked you. They saw some potential in you, and they thought like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you switched your bag over to Trilogy because, again, contractually obligated mm-hmm. to do so. Um. So, you know. It, if you're trying to get sponsored by X company, you don't need to be throwing only their discs if you're just trying to get on the sponsorship circuit, I guess is my point. Yeah, I think I think it's... Throw what you're going to throw best. Yeah, there's there's mer- <coughs> excuse me, there's me, value to both sides there um, because if you do succeed with their product, they will be happy. Like, they'll oh, yeah. be happy for you. They'll be happy to, like, you know, inter- by all entertain means, that. carry their bag, sticker your car, like, whatever. But... You know, if you putt way better with a magnet than you do a Marshall, mm-hmm. throw your magnet and then figure it out once that's, you know, if that sponsorship's offered. Yeah. Um, the only other 
strong benefit I see and actually why I switched from, I had like nine or 10 brands because I was that guy. I was like, I need a new company. Give me a new company. And then I find one disc from them and put it in. Mm-hmm. So I got up to like nine or 10 companies. Um, and the feel is all over the place. Yeah. So by throwing one brand or one manufacturer, like Innova Disc Mania, that's their plastics point. are kind of the same. Yeah. Um, well, cause they're yeah. trilogy. They're all manufactured the same. They feel the same. Um, that well, is, that is beneficial. So if you're at a point where you're looking for consistency, you're looking for, you know, the same feel every time you throw any disc, right? Like all of my fusion discs feel the same. Yeah. I don't, I have a bunch of Ibram discs. I don't throw them because they just don't quite feel right. Yeah. And so that is a benefit. And that's why I originally switched. I picked Prodigy because my two, two of my three favorites were Prodigy at the time. And so I was like, let's do it. Let's throw all Prodigy because I like those two. Hmm. Um, and Eric Oakley actually kind of helped convince me. He was all Discmania at the time. And he's like, dude, you just got to get all one brand. Just get that consistent feel, trust every time. And I was like, all right, you know what, let's try it. Yeah, that's, I guess, a, a good argument for. So, yeah. Um, if, if, yeah, if you're looking for a reason, I don't think, I know Eric's not, but if you're looking for a reason <laughs> for one brand, the consistent feel is a benefit for sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I feel like naturally I've just kind of fallen into that though. Like I putt with dynamic. I, my mids are almost all trilogy and, um, fairways are trilogy, I believe. And my drivers are Innova, Innova and, uh, infinite, which yeah. same. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Innova, making their infinite discs. is the info. Yeah. yeah. They're coming out of the same factory. Tongue twister. So. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. hopefully some of that helped. Yeah. I get I so know. spun around, but, I, I guess I when people get super stoked, like finally switched Alta to West Side or Alta, I I've actually pretty much gotten off of social media, so mm-hmm. I don't see that anymore. But I used to see it, and I just think like, okay, but to why? What well, what end? Mm-hmm. You know, that's. But at least now there are a dozen or more manufacturers who sell a complete enough line of discs that you yes. can throw one brand. Not even like Trilogy or Discmania Innova Infinite, but one brand and fill a bag and be covered. Yeah. So at least you have the options now. It's not like... And there's there's places where we, we're a little bit spoiled here in that we have um, some decent retailers close by. Um, but there's places where you just want to go feel a disc but not just buy it online mm-hmm. and they only stock one or two companies. And so you're going to... You know, that's kind of where you're going to be. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's tons of places where Innova is what there is because that's mm-hmm. what they sell at Walmart. SoCo. Yeah. 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 And there, there definitely is regional bias as well. Yeah. 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 So. Lots yeah. of thoughts. We discussed. Yeah. Do you need to be head to toe one brand and just walking around town or do you not? And then apply that to your disc golf game. That's, that's my thought. All right. I, I said plenty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, go on more. <laughs> well, be dynamic. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Question two. When an individual is putting and missing right, left, or hitting high, what is the best way to self-assess your putting style and figure out what you're doing wrong? It took me years of tweaking my putting, mainly because I had no idea what I was doing wrong at first. Thank you for your time. Uh, that's also a good question, Eric. So what say you, Chris? 
Um, well, the short answer is you're missing. That's what you're doing wrong. Um, no, but for real, that's like yeah, kind of how I approach putting. Um, I I bowl as well. I've been through curling. I've been through billiards. And I've been through a lot of things that are very mechanical, and you can break down each part of the motion and say, well, you know, if your timing were a little better, if your weight were a little more balanced, if you, you know, did this a little bit better before this, it'll all be fixed, right? But when you get something like a putting routine, for most people, that's like three moving parts. You get like a body twist, you get an arm swing, a wrist push, maybe leg action, maybe you lean, maybe you stand up. That's a lot of moving parts. So if you're extremely consistent in your miss, maybe you could diagnose like the physical mechanics of what's happening and what's causing it to go higher. Right. Um, but I think most of putting, cause we can all like, you know, throw a Frisbee straight ahead 10 feet. Like we don't miss from 10 feet. I think a lot of putting is mental. And if you approach it with let's throw this in or let's hit that chain that you can kind of train the body to do the one motion instead of nitpicking at which piece is breaking your putt. No, you're exactly right. Like if I'm, if we're playing catch 10 feet away from each other, I'm going to hit you every time. Mm-hmm. And your spot that I'm aiming on is pretty analogous to the, where I'm aiming on a basket. Mm-hmm. Barring a weird bounce, it should be pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I think I think we're so quick to look for something to blame. And like I said, I, I've spent many hours of my life playing sports that are very, like, systematically mechanic and or mechanical. And I've had a lot of problems and I've tried the approach of, well, let's nitpick, let's change this timing, let's change this weight shift, let's change this wrist action. And uh, it gets so messy so fast that if we just work on the mental aspect of putting and get into some sort of, um, I'll say comfortable because I can't find a good word, comfortable headspace about or positive or reinforcing that you can do this and you're just going to throw it there or whatever your routine is like, let it be habitual. Let it be a routine that just carries you through it instead of, because I mean, the worst thing you can do is step up to a putt in competition and say, all right, lining it up. I feel pretty good. All right. Now make sure when you make sure when you drop back that we, that we push the weight to the right. So that when we lean out and wrist flick, we don't miss left. Yeah. I mean, that's going to send the disc. Unless you're the type of person who's Pablo. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're a trained ballet dancer or a trained classical musician, then that's probably how you're used to learning things. Um, but I'm certainly not that way, and you aren't either. But so. then how would if, – if you are, how do you develop a putting style? Like, which – who do you mock? Who do you, you, who do you film and who do you go ground up on? Yeah, Nobody. We all just stand there, we throw it, and then we go from that. So I think, I think putting is very personal. And like I said, somewhere near the beginning of this spiel, um, we can all throw it straight. Right, if we just say, "Hey, throw it here, catch," yeah. we will. So maybe just say, "Catch to the basket." Yeah, catch. Oh, I'll be that guy. I'll try that. Catch, make it every time. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think it's a huge part, and for me, and maybe this is just maybe I'm an anomaly, but my putting is 100 percent mental. Right, I'm very physically capable of throwing a disc 30 feet. Like, I would say inside circle one, I'm the same. Outside of that, there's some technique issues and things that yeah, I, yeah, that for I'll, me, but, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, but out of standing putting reach, you can look at mechanics and involving leg or spin or something to help get it there. Yeah. But inside circle one, barring again, like crazy wind or something Mm -hmm. like that, uh, which in Utah we don't really deal with, but, 
I played in wind like that, um, you know, on just a normal enough day. Yeah, it's just it's it's all it's all a head game. It's all a head case. Um, so my 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 suggestion is self-assess where your head is at. If you're frustrated or you're telling yourself, "Man, I keep missing right," you're gonna keep missing right. If you think, "Well, what if I fix this, this, and this, and then maybe it'll push it back left," you know, maybe it will. Maybe maybe you can find the weight transfer or the overspin or the nose up, nose down, whatever causes those misses. But it's a dangerous game to play where you can only make it if you tell yourself to do these four things correctly in a row because that's very, very prone to human error. Yeah. So I, I agree. I suggest check your head first. And if you are confident and you are whatever. Yeah, that's a Beastie Boys song, right? Which one? Check your head. Yeah, good call. <laughs> Plug. Um, Outro. Thank you, Eric, for the email. Uh, did we get to everything Hopefully in there? That I think was we helpful. did. Yes. Yeah. Um, thanks, and thank you for everybody for writing in. Sorry, it's been a uh, a minute. <laughs> yeah, he wrote mid-November at least, so it's not as bad. Um, but we're back, and we don't plan on having another extended hiatus yeah, like that. I think we're good. Um. So thanks guys. Uh, we're at 49 minutes, but I want to give people, we've had people say that they like longer episodes. Is that right, Chris? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got a list here of movies that I've seen. Oh, I, sh- I, sh- I was thinking today, I was like, I should have written them down. Well, I started making this list on the airplane back because uh, transatlantic flights, I got to watch a lot of movies. Not as many if I didn't have a three-year-old climbing all over me. And these were all pretty interrupted. Not all of them were in the, you know, on the plane. But um, I'm just going to run through this list, and we'll talk about them. And some of them are TV shows and things like that. But this is stuff I've been watching. Okay, I'll see how many I can confer. All right. Uh, the first. Uh, this is in no particular order. This is necessarily what order I watched them, and these are just movies that I saw on the plane, okay. or in the theater. Uh, the Man Who Killed Hitler, and then the Bigfoot. No. Have you ever heard of this movie? No. Uh, it's great. So okay. the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot um, has, oh, I can't even, uh, the guy from Bradley Cooper's brother from A Star is Born is the star of this. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Um, but it's about a pretty low budget independent Sam film. Elliott? Sam Elliott. Thank you. Um, it's about this guy who, uh, when he was in World War II, was a very young spy who killed Hitler and then is called upon in his senior years to kill the Bigfoot. Cool. And it's really this kind of interesting character study. What a guy. Uh, it's great. I, on the Bodhi scale, I'm going to say this is like a plus two. Okay. Um, it's not flashy. It's low budget. Like the Bigfoot fight is, it's fun that they have one, but it's nothing that, you know, the special effects aren't going to wow you by any stretch of the imagination. But um, it's a well-acted, well-written, and fun movie, and probably best title of the year. The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. <laughs> well, it, it is a great title. Yeah. you got to give credit where it's yeah. due. Uh, next movie that I saw, uh, Dark Phoenix on the airplane, because, you know, it was there. Mm-hmm. And? Uh, it's not bad. It's like, fine. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. I just wish it hadn't come out after Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, like, I mean, it's like... Bummer. Yeah. And 
it's not it's not great it's not it's it, it doesn't like it just kind of fizzles out like the x-men series just kind of did it just kind of fizzled out and i'll say like let's say it's like a negative one it's not awful but yeah. it's not good it's leaning left yeah but I, I would say it's a negative one on the body scale but you know there's nothing wrong with it well actually there's a lot wrong with it um, <laughs> Other than but it's mirroring fun. an entire competitor movie. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just bummer timing. Like, if it had come out first, I'd probably like it more. Yeah, probably. Just mirrored the... But also, it just kind of doesn't go anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. who are these aliens? What are they doing? What's yeah, the, it's, it's just know? It's just a revolution story. Yeah. It's like, but, a, but, it's like an origins. But it's like an origins, and then, like, we're done. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have this franchise anymore. <laughs> Drop that so, one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh which little side tangent makes me curious about the new mutants movie that's been delayed like two years. It's coming mm. out in April. Okay. That was originally part of this ser- franchise and then maybe not. And then maybe is, and then I don't know. So okay. curious about that one. Uh, but dark Phoenix, if you, if you want to see it, you've seen it, <laughs> catch it on cable, catch it on basic cable and you'll be fine. Uh, next is a documentary. Um, and I think it was a Hulu documentary. I saw on the plane called minding the gap. You heard about Mining the Gap? It, it sort of rings a bell, but I couldn't tell you what it is. Uh, it's effectively about these uh, three kids who um, one of them just takes an interest in filmmaking and starts recording his friends, and they're all skaters in Detroit? I think in Detroit? I don't know. Some some. If it's not Detroit, it's some other Midwestern town that's not in a great financial state. And uh, it follows these guys for years, probably at least five years. Um, And it starts out as just kind of, you know, skateboarding kids. And it gets a lot deeper than that. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. I'd say this is probably like a plus four on the body scale. Mining the Gap, I highly recommend. Writing Um, it down. Very, very good movie. Very powerful in a lot of ways. I'm not going to spoil it more than that but um yeah i i really really liked mining the gap a Sweet. lot uh another movie i watched on the airplane the matrix because i hadn't seen it in oh, about 10 gee. years or more nice uh probably 15 years it's still good holds up it's completely still completely holds up it's still good i haven't seen the sequels since i won't i think they came out i won't uh because I don't, I don't think they'll hold up yeah the matrix is a plus five on the body scale yeah. i mean to to look at it even retroactively like it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It absolutely holds up. Special effects are dated in spots. You know, of course they are. And, it's an old movie. But yeah, it's it came out in 99. Mm-hmm. Um, 21 years. Yeah. Uh, no, The Matrix is, absolutely holds up. Yes. Uh, I agree. Uh, another movie. I saw this one in the theater okay. by myself. Rambo Last Blood. Oh, God. I was the one who saw it. Did you see this? No. Not up your alley. No, I, I like the Rambos. Oh, do you? I don't like the old man Stallone returning to glory films. Oh, have like, you seen Creed? No, I heard Creed. Uh, Creed wait, is I amazing. Saw, there are two of them, right? I saw the yeah. first one. I did not see the second one. I haven't one. seen the second one yet. I heard the second one's even better. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, but like, I didn't, I didn't like Rocky I even Balboa. Liked, I liked Balboa. I liked mm. the, 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 I liked that one. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was better than Rocky Five. Ro- okay, but not better than one through four. Uh, better not than better than one or four, three. <laughs> yeah, 
No, four is four is amazing because of what it is. Yeah, Drago. Uh, one, especially when it was. One is a great movie. That yeah. that the end of Rocky is one of my favorite endings to a movie ever. Um, but Rambo: Last Blood. Let's see. I get too off topic. Um, if you ever wanted to know what would happen if you combined Home Alone with Taken, you have Rambo: Last Blood. How long did that analogy take you? Uh, I came up with it in theater, I think. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know if you've heard anything about this movie. Um, that says plenty. It's not great. <laughs> um, I would say it's like a negative one on the Bodhi scale. Um, it does exactly what you want it to do. Lots of guns, lots of fights. But um doesn't quite like stick it well enough, you know? Okay. Um I'm I've I've not seen all the Rambo movies. I'm not like a you know, I'm not a die dyed in the old yeah. Rambo fan. From what I could gather though, this you don't need to be to see this one. Like it introduces characters that you're like, Oh, okay, I guess these are people that had some significance to him. Okay. Um but yes, it is uh it's taken meets home alone. Man. <laughs> Pass. Yeah. Well, people have seen it. Know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, Frozen two. I, saw Frozen I still two. haven't saw that with my kids. Took my kids. How to have see I that not one. seen that? Uh, I, know, I know every word because you don't Frozen. have kids and you're an adult. I know every word to Frozen, the whole movie, and I still haven't seen Frozen two. Um. I liked Frozen 2. Frozen 2 is a fun adventure movie. Um, I would say Frozen 2 is a plus two. Cool. Um, it's not excellent. Like, whoa. You mm-hmm. know, it. the music's not as good as the first one. Yeah, I've heard it's less sing-along. Yeah. Um, there's an, a song. Olaf does a song that's hilarious. Is Olaf's still, great. Is this the same actor? Lodge, yes. Whatever his name is. Yeah, I think it's all the same cast. The, the main characters, at least, are all the same cast. Yeah. Um, it's a really fun adventure story. Okay. That's and on my list. To it's watch. good. And it has some pathos and like my kids were scared at times, like legit scared, but then Sweet. really happy when it was over and Sweet. Um it's on my to watch list. Yeah. Frozen two I recommend. So I'd say it's a plus two. Awesome. But I give Ram Ram less but yeah, negative one. Uh Rise of Skywalker. Mm, you saw Rise of Skywalker. That's a big one. I did. Okay. Um, I feel like saying anything about this movie spoils it for someone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, I'm just gonna give my rating on Rise of Skywalker because we're you yeah, know, close pushing an hour. Okay, uh, plus three. I liked it. Okay, I avoided any spoilers. I didn't read any spoilers. I watched the trailer a couple times, mm-hmm. and that was it. I didn't read any fan theories. I didn't do anything. I just went into this movie. I didn't want to read any fan theories. I didn't want to get mm-hmm. Russian trolls, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> on me. I liked it. So I I also went in spoiler free, um, but. Being what the rise of Skywalker is, is ending this trilogy, ending a saga, right? I hear this is the end of the nine. Yeah. Right. Aside from maybe, maybe Finn gets a spinoff or something, but. Well, they can still continue anyway. But but this saga is supposed to be ending. Well, it's a Skywalker saga is done. Yes. And in that context, it's like a minus two. Yeah. Okay. Um, But as like a. I don't care. I've never seen anything Star Wars. I'm going to go watch these space people fight. Oh, then it'd be like a plus then four. It's, yeah, then it's probably plus two, plus three. Yeah. Um, but the the whole trilogy, I kind of salty about. They were fine. They were fun to watch. But there's so much over and back and reference pulling and over leaning on this. And I like them all. There's a lot happening. I, I yeah. 
I don't know. So I'm I, not. I'm not like I hate them. Burn them all. I was like they're fun to watch. Yeah. So barely below zero. Um. Yeah, I liked it. There we go. Um, I thought the twists were fine because again, I wasn't expecting them. I hadn't read any fan theories. I wasn't mm-hmm. hadn't really spent too much time thinking about it. Um, but the the twists twisted on themselves from the sister films. Like, there's no yeah. there's no consistency. There's no continu- no continuation. There is, but you have to like dig for it a little bit if that makes sense. I think they're they'll release an extended cut hmm. that will I, because they can and they will you yeah. know to make money on it yeah. although they've never with any of the other ones so maybe they won't but this is kind of like uh it felt like watching the lord of the rings movies in the theater which i only saw the return of the king in the theater i was on i was a missionary for the first two that came out but and then you see the extended cut and you're like oh okay mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> this, well, this maybe, makes more sense maybe they can salvage it with an extended cut yeah i don't know we'll see i also watched uh recently with my kids the end of last jedi it's great I think Last Jedi might be my favorite of the three. Wait, no, no, no. Just kidding. Force Awakens. That's Last the first Jedi one of the no three. <laughs> I like Last Jedi. The whole Canto bite thing, uh, like, and we've talked about this. Like, I like Rose Tico as a character. I think she's fine. I think the actress is fine. But there, that character provides nothing to the, like, story of that. And Finn with her, like, there's nothing. A lot of screen time. There's a lot of screen time for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, for, for no... Um, there's no reason for them to be there. Uh, yeah. And last, last Jedi is its own thing. But I liked it. And like, in, in watching the end of it, I was like, oh, okay. I, uh, yeah, I think I rewatch it, I guess, is what I would suggest. I did a couple weeks ago. Okay. Still didn't like it. Yeah. There you go. No, it, like, as a standalone, it's fine. It's fun to watch. It's exciting. But if you, if you kind of, like, jot down plot and try to track who's what and where and yeah, fair enough. It's a little, pew, yeah, a little over the place. Yeah, I'm okay with Star Wars movies being just fun, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't need them to be high art. Um, as well, far as these, like the main Star Wars movies, because none of them have been. And I know people think that's blasphemy to say, but A New Hope is just so much fun. It's it's not, and it's it's. <laughs> it took all the things that that kids of that age had fun with that were then adults, like with their Republic serials and stuff Mm -hmm. and made it way better. And, um, that's why people were blown away by it, I think, but they're not, um, it's all the, the stuff that gets deep and intricate is all the ancillary things that have been created around it. Mm -hmm. Um, like even the video games and and stuff like that, like, yeah, or like clone wars, like that had to be its own thing to fill in. Yeah. I never really, watch that show but um i think that the the movies that like the the main nine movies that we've seen are pretty much just fun like okay and, I, and i'm okay with them being that the the prequels tried to get a little bit you know into the intricacies of intergalactic oh, yeah, politics we don't need to talk about the but prequels. Yeah. but i'm i'm okay just saying these movies are fun if that makes sense uh-huh. uh but my my favorite Star Wars movie is probably Rogue One, of like actual feature films. Probably, yeah. yeah Rogue I, One's I might great. Agree. Um, and on that note, I'm skipping a little bit ahead of my notes here. Have you watched The Mandalorian? I have. Whew. So good. It was fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it started a little bit 
planet hop dramatic yeah it started a little like like adventure of the wiki yeah um but it's a good series yeah i liked it I like Mandalorian. Yeah, worth watching. Well, and that kind of stuff, I think they can get a little more. Yeah, it can get more deep and more, you know. Yeah, I'm curious how many people got Disney Plus for that month and then canceled. Like, I, I want to see if there's like a spike in their membership for the Mandalorian month of December. A lot of people forget to cancel things. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. Yeah, I like Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, Knives Out. Yes. Did you see Knives I Out? Did. I forgot about it, but I did see it. It's fun. So fun. Did you watch that, uh, what was it called? The Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston and um, Adam Sandler on Netflix. Oh, no. No, I, I saw something about it. That was awful. Oh, was it? And I feel like Knives Out is what that was trying to be. Yeah, Knives Out is great. Knives Out was really well done. Yeah, I would say Knives Out's like a plus four for me. Yeah, like it, it just pleasantly surprised me. Yeah, if not a plus five. Like I'm, four and a half. Yeah, I'm usually pretty good at predicting stuff. Unpredictable things are boring things. So, yeah. Knives Out was fun. Like, well, even the things in Knives Out, I'm like, this might be what it was. I just still enjoyed how they unfolded it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Tastefully, tactfully. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, yeah. plus three. Yeah. I, I like Knives good Out film. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I laughed out loud at scenes in that movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed Knives Out. Oh, I skipped Joker. Yeah, I was wondering. That's on my list. I was like, chronologically, we missed yeah. one. <laughs> I went right from The Matrix to Rambo. That's um, okay. Joker. It's and only like the film of the year. since then. Joaquin Phoenix won for it. I would say Joker, for me, is like a plus three. Um, which is, is to say, very highly. Liked it a lot. Thought it was fantastic. Walked out of it just blown away. We saw that together, didn't we? Probably. We did. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Yes, we did. Loved it. And and the reason why it wouldn't be like a four or five is just issues, but <laughs> loved it. Yeah, I, I I have no problem giving it a plus four. Yeah. Uh, it, it told a story that needed to be told, and they did an excellent job telling it. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix just cherry on top. Yeah. No, I, it's fantastic. Film of the year, I think. Yeah. Nothing. I couldn't. Yeah, sorry, all you superheroes, but Joker wins. It, it was is so good. Yeah, maybe maybe don't take your small children, but no, <laughs> but no, uh, no. I absolutely. I, I own that movie. I will not be showing it to my kids. Like yeah, for like ten years. I will show them like some of the Avengers movies. You know, we'll like skip through it, and watch parts, and mm-hmm. you know, get to the fight and whatever. But no, Joker. No, maybe it's, it's heavy. It's a very heavy film. Yeah, but it's very good. Yeah, it's uh Yeah. I don't remember the last time a new movie made my favorites, like my all time favorites list. Joker did. Yeah. It's it's Joker's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Joker's Joker was great. And I'm pleased that it's getting the recognition that it did. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I think the last thing here is a Netflix show, The Witcher. Did you watch The Witcher? I watched like half of the first episode. Okay. So <laughs> No, I'll probably get to it. I watched other things instead. Yeah, I started watching The Witcher thinking like, oh, okay, this is a show that I can binge. And I watched one episode and I was like, okay, that's all right. I'm interested enough that I'll watch another one, but like I can watch it tomorrow or the next day. I didn't binge it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then 
it just kept getting better and better and better. And by the end of it, I really liked it a lot. Nice. Um, yeah, I would say it's maybe like a plus two okay. for me. Um, excited for the next season. Liked it quite a bit. Cool. So uh, I will get through it. Yeah, but it does take some getting through. Um, that's fine. And by the end, you'll realize like, oh, okay, that's why it was so. Mm-hmm. It makes sense why it was so hard to follow. If yeah, that makes I've, sense. I've heard it's really good. Yeah. I just something distracted me and I didn't go back. No, I get it. Yeah, I said like some some shows you're like, okay, I gotta watch the next one. I gotta watch the next one. This one I was like, eh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I I would have been cool with The Witcher being released like Mandalorian was, like once a week. Well, so what's funny about that is I waited to start Mandalorian until they were almost all out because yeah. I wanted to binge it. And I asked one of my friends who had been watching week to week, and I was like, are they cliffhangers? Like, do I need to wait for all of them? No. He's like, no, everyone's standalone. They're fine. Yeah, well, like the first, there's one episode that's a super cliffhanger. Oh, it's like six. Oh, okay. Maybe. And Somewhere that's where towards you got... the end. Yeah. And that's how many were released the day, like the week I started watching. And I called him. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he's like, that's literally the first one. I'm sorry. That's, that's true. my luck. All right. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I, I got a kick out of that. <laughs> um, Is that the end of the watch list? That's the end of mine for now. Sweet. I'm sure there's stuff I've missed. Sweet. But, you know, that'll do. That'll be. Oh, I saw Jumanji. I watched that with my kids. Not the new one. Not the Robin Williams one, the one that came out a couple years ago. The first, the first rock one. Okay, I liked it quite a bit. My kids loved it. It was fun. Uh, I kind of wish I would have pre-watched it because there's some stuff where I'm like, "Mm, gray zone. It's it's pretty. It's PG-13. It deserves that rating. Yeah, but um, we watched it in Italy actually on on, uh, Netflix. And I'm trying um, to decide if I want to see the second one. I will see it, I'm sure, when it comes out on video or something. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to take my kids to the theaters to yeah, see it. Stream, but stream. Although I almost took them instead of Frozen 2. And I'm like, no, I know Frozen 2 is going to be accept, like, appropriate. <laughs> and Jumanji, especially with the, the characters swapping characters. Yeah. That could have some... Yeah. Maybe just be over their head. Maybe okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I... Yeah. I don't need stuff to go over their head. I, I don't. I don't. I don't need to. <laughs> don't need it near. Yeah, I was. I I grew up in the '80s when it was like Revenge of the Nerds, kids, and I, and, I, and I watched it as I'm older. I'm like, why? I love this movie, but why did my parents let me watch this? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Frozen's a good call. So, uh, but I like Welcome to the Jungle. I think is what it's called. Uh, yeah, I forgot what the new one's called. Did not like the Jumanji with Robin Williams. Uh, I remember seeing that in the theater. I think I even saw that really? like in a preview in the oh, theater. Oh, man, I watched half of that on TV last week. Yeah. I think that's maybe like a – I think Jumanji might be like the Goonies thing where I love Goonies, but people that are just a little bit older than me don't think Goonies is at all good, but I think it's amazing. I think Goonies is good. Yeah, but I think if you were old enough when it came out, you don't like it. See, I still like Jumanji. But you were younger yeah. when you saw it younger. You know what I mean? And yeah. so first time I saw it, it scared me. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking like, I don't I don't get like it. The elephant I don't like it. car crushing. Yeah. Scared the crap all out of it just six year old like, me. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Yeah. I don't know why, but maybe I was just done with Robin Williams too, because I also got tired of Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, it could be. No, I mean I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead. You know. That's not his fault. Mrs. Doubtfire is a fun performance, but I, I, we would have teachers show like, you guys have been good for, you know, we're going to watch Mrs. Doubtfire at school. And it's like, I, I'm done. Like, I've seen it 17 times. Every time I go to a friend's house, they're watching Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. So. Yeah, I didn't have the overplay issue. Yeah. So. Uh, but I liked the one with the rock. Like, the 
the new one. I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was really yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah. I anyway. just, I'm worried about a sequel, so I hesitated. Yeah. I don't know. Eventually. I'm kind of like, ah, I don't care. Yeah. I, I had very low hopes for the for the first one and was pleasantly surprised. So if this one's good, great. Exactly. I can't I can't let the bar the first one ended on set the tone for the second one to yeah. not meet. Yeah. I think that's... That's my Star Wars problem. That's why I liked about Knives Out so much. One of the many things I liked about Knives Out so much, I was like, it's done. It's a complete story. And then yeah. I saw that they're thinking about doing a sequel. I was like, oh, no. But then I like thought about it I'm like, and read further on, and it's like, well, it just with the detective going and solving another case. Oh. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Okay. That's great. But saying, like with are, all those characters they? again, why, why would you bring that up again? But yeah. I think it's more of like a Perot or a James Bond kind of thing. Yeah. Like, we're going to take this guy. Well, it is He's James good. Bond. He's good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a really fun character. It's really well written. Like, I could get behind that. Yeah. So anyway. Cool. Good talk. <sighs> Thanks for listening. It's been a while. Uh Hopefully we'll be back soon. Um, email us proamdiscgolf at gmail dot com. Insta proamdiscgolf. Yep, Facebook dot com slash proamdiscgolf, and we may have maybe a Twitter, Twitter coming yeah. soon. But uh, thank you guys for listening. We're happy to be back. And uh, until next time, keep throwing plastic. Cheers. Cheers.